Although the streaming services are as expensive as really cable. fucking annoying, like Netflix in particular. But you yeah. know, like, um, oh, is your phone on airplane mode? Oh shit! Now it is perfect. Yay! Well, now that we're on an airplane, my name is Jaren. My pronouns are he/him. And my name is Heather, and my pronouns are she, her. And we are your hosts of Typically Divergent Podcast. Yay! Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. So, Heather, how you been? How you doing? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah? Get Um, us caught up. What's going on in your life? uh, I don't know. I I feel like just as you said last episode where, you know, you were feeling like – like this back and forth with like the the seasonal affective dis- yeah. like sads and stuff i that comes and goes it but it does usually hit me pretty hard like post hot like winter holidays um like j- end of january through part of february and stuff um i don't know i just feel, like i've I felt overall kind of like meh but then like things in like personal life and like stuff i'm doing with spencer it's been really fun continuing to do like my painting and learning like like learning watercolor techniques it's definitely one of my current adhd hyper focuses mm. are you using that new paper <laughs> but, that you bought hmm? are you using that new paper you bought yeah, yeah 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 like i i just i'm i'm really enjoying getting into it and it's something that i told myself i would get back into once i was done with school like college stuff and like getting my degree and then go doing training and everything else and Finally getting back into it, like, it's been so long, and, like, doing creative things, like I've talked about before, has really helped, and I feel like personal stuff is, like, good, and I'm having fun on the podcast with you, and so, like, generally pretty good, but, like, I also just feel kind of meh at the same time. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, five days from after this episode is released, we're going to be going, we're spending a whole day together. I know. I'm excited. I'm so fucking excited. Yes, that is... That is something I'm very excited for. Future Jether. 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 Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's our couple's name. Jether and Heron. <laughs> future Jaren and Heather. I hope that you guys are having fun this week. No, I Friday. like Jether and Heron from now on, please. Yeah. <laughs> my name's have Heron. <laughs> and I'm Jether. And our pronouns are they, them. <laughs> and okay. we are your host of this typical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jether. That sounds very like... I don't, I don't even know. Like, I keep thinking of jorts. <laughs> oh, my God. Jorts. My and name is jeggings. Jether, and I wear jorts. My name's my name's Heron, and I wear hats. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm so sorry. No, I forgot fine. that um, there is something that I need to um, go turn off. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I hope that we're having a lot of fun this upcoming Friday. Um, I'm really looking forward to us uh, spending a whole day together. Yeah, me too. Do you want to go look at some plants, too? Do you like plants? Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Plants. Witch store. Yeah, we're going to go to... Um, food. Yummy food. Yes. Um, are you in- Are you interested in um, trying some vegan food? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't have... I, like, I don't mind, like, eating it and stuff like that. I'm not... Okay. I'm not vegan exclusively, but yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um... We have a mental health topic this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a significant amount of research. <laughs> yes, you um, did. Before we get into this week's episode, uh, I'm going to draw my. I'm going to discuss my tarot card that I Yay. drew for this week, and it's Your so turn. it's so ironic that you had said last week's episode that 
you seem to be drawing a lot of swords, wands. Uh, wands, wands, yeah. Um, and I continue to pull the cards that I constantly pull. Um, so <laughs> for this week, again, we got... The universe is like... Jether and Heron, get the fucking signal. Yeah, get your shit together. And I know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> so I got the All Paths Lead Home card. And again, uh-huh. to connect with my inner self, my inner spirit, and my soul, and to continue to reconnect within myself to figure out what to work on the things that I need to be work on, be working on that I know are intentionally important. Mm-hmm. And to stop looking at the external things in life that come in and bombard my little mental self and um like the simple things and like yeah. focusing on yourself and yeah stuff. yeah i definitely feel the relation to that and the stuff i've been pulling too yeah so uh folks i do apologize we don't have a whole lot of chit chat this week because um this week's episode is going to be very heavy on the research and so we are going to be jumping right into it um but of course there will always be your typical laughs and your typical toes (laughs) our typical toe taps so we are going to be discussing magical thinking this week and um while doing this research i i'm learning that i learn best by watching videos instead of reading um so i did watch a youtube video the link for that will be in this week's episode's description if you want to watch that yourself um, I would like to remind everybody that, again, we are not solely an educational podcast. We do like to educate, um, and neither one of us have any legal standing on licensing to discuss these topics. However, um, we are discussing how this relates to our lives and our experiences and what we have done to overcome those problems in hopes mm-hmm. that somebody will hear this and be like, oh, wow, like... I should really check myself on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just dive right in it. Yeah, let's go. So magical thinking. Oh, um, the information that is going to be told is also a mix of my words and the doctor's words um, from the video. Okay. A, a lot of this is going to be borderline paraphrasing. Um, but I do think that every word that he said was damn near perfect on explaining this. So... Magical thinking is the fairy tale ideological escape we start creating during childhood in order to remove ourselves from current states of unsettling emotions or trauma. Oh, uh, trauma or trauma warning, content warning for anybody who um, has experienced um, dysfunctional family systems, um, childhood abuse. Um, if you feel that that relates to you and that this episode might be a little heavy, um, please tread lightly mm-hmm. or put yourself first and your mental health first and um, come see us next week. So if you are choosing now to step away, remember that we love you Yep. and um, you will hear from us next week. Love you guys. Thank you. So by definition, magical thinking is the <clears throat> belief that one's ideas, thoughts, and actions or words and or use of symbols can and will affect the external world that we live in. An example of this 
is children feeling solely responsible for their parents' emotions and reactions. A child taking on responsibility responsibility roles that are not meant for them, like taking care of themselves and not relying on their parents for basic needs and survival. It is akin to denial, but is usually used in a way to explain away denial that we aren't pivy to in a subconscious way. Mm. So how are we feeling so far? Feeling a little um <laughs> a little exposed yet? Yeah. Yeah, just a little. Like you know, it's very like that, that wishful, wishful thinking, right? And like, just being like, well, this will just make this happen. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like forced manifestation without the work. Oh, it's amazing that you say that because I do have something like that in these notes. Oh, so, and I didn't know that because I didn't, I didn't read this one myself as fully. This may also look like a superhero complex or the family savior or hero, the older sibling the, complex. The older sibling complex that was not in the video, but yeah. we, we as older siblings are going to say that for ourselves. Yeah, that's all over TikTok as the family savior uh, archetype. I guess I would say. Yes. Yeah. Some examples of this can look like. If I cut the lawn, then my family's problems will no longer occur. Mm. If I do X, Y, Z chores or tasks, then my parents will no longer struggle with ABC problems like mm -hmm. infidelity, abandonment, rejection, or addiction. And also, this is a reminder that giving your child age-appropriate responsibilities is not the problem here. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's also, it, it sounds like it's the kid taking that extra on themselves like it's Correct. not the parent pushing them or giving them responsibilities it's uh, and i actually i was gonna say can also be simpler things like i think back to um my past and basically like um trying mm -hmm. to account for the fact that my mom would make like complaints about let's say say we were even just in like a retail store and like mm -hmm. make complaints about how she couldn't find something or like there wouldn't be anything. But I was finally at the age where like I had more critical thinking skills. Right. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, like, why don't you just ask? Like she would just get like so down and like put her emotions onto me. Like when I look back on it mm -hmm. and then I'd be like, why like why don't you ask like but then she'd refuse but she continued to complain to me right as and if be in a negative emotion aspect resolve the issue no i don't even it's like she didn't have that expectation she just wanted to have that negative attitude and like kept putting that on me and i was like in order to solve this so that my mom so like i want my mom to be happy right <coughs> like i love my mom i want her to be happy i don't want her to have to complain i want her to be able to find the things that make her happy yeah. so if i solve this problem for her directly and take it away as an issue. So I would be like this kid that would go around and find like retail workers to help my mom or be like, do you have this? But in a size this like right. and, I, and mom, I'd be like, go look 10. for something for yourself, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and also um, so I, I think of it also in the way of like, well, if I take care of this like behind the scenes and maybe my parents will fight less or if I take care of this, like maybe my brother won't have to have be exposed to this. Right. Like that's where it's hitting me personally. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I fully understand and feel that yeah. as well. And of course, it can be the bigger issues you talked about, too. Like certainly there can be addiction, abandonment, infidelity stuff, yes. too. And magical thinking is different from actual manifestation in the sense of manifestation is the core ability that we all have to create the reality that we wish to have by utilizing your energy to send that into the universe 
along with doing the work and receiving the benefits from your hard work. Magical thinking is not that so at all. So doing the work versus ma- like magical thinking is like, oh, if I it'll do just this, happen. like it'll just happen. It'll just happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Magical thinking will have you using your mental energy to expect these things to happen for you without the effort of hard work. Also believing that a life-changing moment will positively impact your life and solve all of your problems, like winning the lottery or, quote, if I just get this, then everything in my life will be perfect. This can also look like feeling solely responsible for other people's emotions or oh, the rea- reasons. Not what I just mentioned. Right. Literally. <laughs> um, or other people's emotions for the, or their reasons of not returning, say, a phone call or not speaking to you if there is no clear reason as to why the level of communication had changed. Um, that is me, like, mm. all the fucking way. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that's why like it's easier for me to like start a friendship with somebody where not that like we breadcrumb each other, but like we're not immediately texting each other every day because then I'm like, oh crap, if this goes on for like three days straight, then um the second that I don't get a text message the next day I'm gonna feel like something is wrong. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Or the um taking out other people's emotions, like like you said, other people's problems then become your problems and mm-hmm. it's your responsibility to fix them. Uh, something my therapist and I are always working on. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. Yay. Go therapist. Yay, therapy. These ideations start in early childhood development before puberty and can manifest into other issues in adulthood. Childhood trauma can and will have the capability to over- overdevelop and even stunt developmental growth of different aspects in your emotional and, matur- and mental maturity. Such people with childhood trauma can develop characteristics like, quote, being the superstar employee at their job but unable to manage conflict or avoidance, such as, if I don't feel it, it will go away. Uh, that is me to a T. At least it used yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, like trying to just, like, make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all, like, I think when we talked about careers, like, the amount of times that my boss would come to me and be like, you're doing a really great job, and it's like, I'm just doing the job that you expected of me. Yeah. But I would constantly go above and beyond. Yeah. Um, um. Because I felt like if I didn't, then a target is on my back. Whereas, like, the entire team could not be going above and beyond. But somehow that's my responsibility. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. This is actually um, very legitimate when it comes to um, current pediatric psychology. Um, I actually took some continuing education related to my career. There's an organization, I can't remember their name, but, Don't like, they actually helped to raise awareness for this, yeah. but they've been studying how different childhood traumas yeah. um, actually how they have effects on the brain and can actually, you know, stunt development in other areas so like what you're saying has actual medical scientific basis it's not just like theories they've looked at brain scans of children who have gone through unfortunately like more like on the serious side of traumatic uh events and looking at how like the brain matter has changed Mm -hmm. um often permanently yeah so no matter how old you are trauma will change your brain yes oh a hundred percent and it's more and like you were saying, it's way more detrimental for children because that the entire point of being a child is developing. Yeah, everything is very malleable. It's still growing even more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I? Mental, uh, m- mental magicking. <laughs> Magical thinking can also appear in other mental disorders like OCD, anxiety, and even forecasting. And forecasting is. If I think about it, it happening or not happening, then it will or won't. And we'll get mm. into that down the road. 
Like superstition. Yes. Mm -hmm. As children, we are able to learn and understand cognitive, factual, concrete thinking. Like, if I'm good, then Santa will come and bring me gifts. Mm -hmm. During the developmental stages, young children are vulnerable to abuse around causation. An example of this can look like, Sarah's birthday party is ruined because of you. Or, it's your fault things are not right or working correctly. Or even... I can't make mom and dad stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Also included, I'm just not interesting enough for dad to spend time with me. Mm. As we grow into adulthood, our inner child will pop up during stressful situations that aren't in our control and can look like they must not be interested in me anymore. My friend is having a tough day. And if I had just spent time with them last week, they wouldn't be going through this. I'm immediately thinking of like, even like friendships where like if I haven't like texted someone back in a while or let's say I even forget, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm a terrible person and like they probably are going to hate me because of like past experiences. Like it's like that inner – and I like how you explain like the inner child because we, we've we mentioned on the podcast as well as like popular media is like the inner child and inner child work and like what does that actually mean? What does that feel like when that's happening? Like what's the definition of all that? And I I like how you termed it as like it's thoughts popping up in your head based off of past traumatic events and things, particularly in childhood. But you can't, you don't, without working on therapy or processing it, you don't make the connection that it's from childhood necessarily. But it's like this abstractness that has resulted from it to make you think the way that you're thinking. Mm -hmm about something that might not actually be correct right which is where the magical thinking is coming from yeah um but one that would come up in my head a lot was if my partner doesn't respond to my text message or my phone call within a specific (gasps) amount of time then they are Mm. cheating i didn't have it with cheating but i had it with like something was wrong or they're mad at me oh yes Um, that one for sure yeah so we had to take a pause which allowed me to like regain my strength to talk about this but i was getting teary-eyed and almost like getting emotional with the last quote which is why i still wanted you to say it um because no lie that was exactly what would play over and over like almost to like an ocd level like during one of the darkest periods of my life Mm -hmm. right um as i was getting out of well, deciding that I needed to get out of um, my abusive marriage. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, because of course, at first, when I found out about everything and like, it, it, it happened in a way where he told me that I was shitty and I like, and I was the reason why he needed to be out late and all these other things. Like we haven't actually talked about all of this. Blaming you for his actions. Yeah. And so like that, and even in other prior abusive relationships, Mm -hmm. um, I had those same types of thoughts. Like I must be not a good human or not a good person. Mm -hmm. And that's why like I'm being treated this way. If I was just more, interesting if i was a better girlfriend if i was a better wife Mm. if i did more things for this person or if i just did what they asked they wouldn't get mad at me or they Mm. wouldn't hurt me like it's just oh that one definitely hits home and i'm i'm very glad that i well one i i don't have to have those feelings because i'm in a healthy relationship right but i no longer get those feelings even in like 
non-romantic type of relationships or things. And if I do start to feel that thought coming up, Uh I know how to like be like, nope, that's not what we're doing anymore. Right. Because magical thinking is also a way of distorted thinking. Yes, exactly. It's not, it's not always good. It's not always like, oh, if I just like, it's, it's often related to these very traumatic things. Yeah. And sometimes even with magical thinking, the where it's, where it can stem from can also be completely accidental. Like how we can accidentally gaslight children when like they hurt, when they fall and hurt themselves. And then, you know, you're like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You're fine. And like, we're not intentionally denying their feelings or their hurt. We're just, we just don't want them to be upset. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, like that is the definition of gaslighting. And and kids will be like, oh, I'm just supposed to think that I'm okay. And Uh like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's unfortunate that like even minor things, and and that is not to say that anyone who has done that is a bad parent, right? Like that's a well they're never intentional, well known tactic that people try to do because in the moment they don't like to see their kid cry, and it's like it's okay, it was just this, like don't worry about it, you know. Like that is a very difficult like gray area, and you know, as part of the disclaimer, it's like we're not here to tell people how to parent um but it's that even in itself can be something that just causes disordered thinking in the person that it's happening to like i agree with you and it is technically gaslighting yeah when we're not here to say our parents fucked us up but we are here to say that like (laughs) we know how we were raised (laughs) yeah Uh, relationships and parents and yeah yeah So there are actually four types of magical thinking and how they can manifest into our adult lives. And um, the first one is, if I ignore it, it will resolve itself without my actions. And this is similar to essentially blind optimism. This is the most commonly seen example. Individuals with this system of thought are generally avoiding the big emotions that come with change. And I think we see it in television too, where like, Essentially, it's like it's dissociating and like people are like, oh, I had this out-of-body experience. Like it, this this didn't happen. So-and-so is not really dead. Like they just continue to move on with their lives like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It is choosing to ignore the facts and believing that things will eventually work out themselves. Children with parents who have substance abuse disorders and or addiction will think to themselves, it'll be this particular family gathering event mm. that they'll be sober for. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. example is... That a child is unprepared for a school assignment and expecting their teacher to be lenient on their grading or their expectations and the teacher is to or and or expecting the teacher to come in and help the student like the teacher is going to be the savior. Mm -hmm. Another example is when a child will deny that they are fine after a domestic violence situation and that they're just going to be happy for mom and dad from now on. I'm seeing this more from my abusive relationship past. Um. Because I at first I was like, mm, I feel like I was more the type to like become like what I was saying before earlier on, like um, taking the actions to account for others so that like you can fix the problems for everyone else like that. That I would say is like overall more more me. But then when I think about it, like I really lost myself and a lot of my through my 20s because of the number and severity of like the physical and mental abuse that I had gone through like Mm -hmm. in different relationships in each of them being different kinds and ways of abuse because each time I would say oh yeah that's not gonna happen to me again like Mm -hmm. that was bad that was toxic and I'll move on and of course never going to therapy for it either and like being in school and being busy and then but I think that I became like a very 
passive, like, inward person when it came to those relationships and being, like, that that avoidant, like, if I'm just the quiet, attentive girlfriend or mm. housewife, like... <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and like like the literally like the 1950s aesthetic yeah from a mentality standpoint mm-hmm. then i'll be safe and they'll take care of me and it'll be okay mm-hmm. yet also be a breadwinner at the same time and have a career right um, <laughs> so the worst the worst part of both tell me how that's supposed to happen again yeah i don't even know right but somehow i was in it um, so magical thinking moving into adulthood can look like ignoring their issues in domestic partnerships, interrelationships um, with other adults or ignoring their feelings. Again, if I just avoid it or ignore it, it'll go away. I used to bounce back and forth with this, like the avoiding, but then also like knowing that something was going on with like a uh, a previous boyfriend of my many, any of my many past romantic involvements. Um I would be like, well, I can fix their problem, but they're not telling me what their problem is. So like, I, I, I know, I know what it has to be. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling kind of emotional about this part. Are you going to be all right? Yeah. Okay. Adult survivors can have dismissal, magical thinking about people in their lives that are generally toxic, unhealthy, or abusive. This includes friendships, partners, or family members. They can also ignore medical problems like they can ignore external issues. And um, something that I would like for everybody to ask um, themselves is what was modeled for us as kids if we were putting Mm. off serious problems until the last minute. Fucking not getting medical attention or even health like for yourselves. Yeah. And I feel like prior generation, like particularly boomer parents are terrible at that and that's why we're all so bad like i'm i'm my own worst patient literally well i i have had a a, a, a thing happening with my heart for a couple of years and i have yet to do something about it because the second i said something to my doctor and she was like well we'll have to do an echocardio scan and that scan alone cost a, a fuck ton of money and i was like just to find out what's wrong with me i literally said to myself fuck it i'll wait until something is going on and then we'll just have to figure it out I know that's not a. It's, I'm not at. That's not very good advocacy for um, self care and. Um, no, but you're being honest about your experience. Correct. And I think that's still important. Correct. Um, and I'm not here to like blame either of my parents. However, one specifically um, was a medical professional, and I remember t- being like ill and being told, "Well, until you have a fever, you're throwing up like you're going to school." Mm-hmm. And so now as an adult, the amount of times that I have in the past, I don't do this anymore, especially because of COVID and I've learned to take care of myself. But in the past, if I had, if I didn't have a fever, I'm still going to fucking go to work and be miserable at my job because some, some part of me is still sick, but I would say, well, if I don't have a fever, then nothing's wrong. And like, clearly, buddy, you need to fucking rest. Um, Another dismissal property can look like ignoring or dismissing major life events or people and can easily go into the mindset of, I'm not here, this isn't really happening. So this is the disassociation, the disassociating that I was talking about earlier. And again, these are survival characteristics from childhood that are showing up in adulthood. I think it's like, as you're reading it, not only like, you know, I was talking about how like, oh, I relate to this more like from my abusive past but some of the stuff that i'm currently working on in therapy has to do with the stuff i've been almost like avoiding myself and you like talking about this i'm like having the realization that like some of this 
is something that I actually experience, but I'm like ignoring the fact that I am ignoring things or like dismissing things or Mm -hmm. like disassociating and that some of it actually truly has to do with stuff with my mom. Well, as your friend, can I, let me ask you this. Are you ignoring it or are you just choosing to put it off to the side because it's not time to, you don't have the energy or capability to handle it at this very moment? Uh, I wouldn't say ignoring it because I am addressing it in therapy now and I had to get through fighting so many other fires to get to the point where I can get to talk about some of the deeper issues from my own childhood rather than like first it was like getting out of my marriage then it was like unraveling the rest of my abusive past and like working on me acutely then getting diagnosed with ADHD and like now I'm at a point where like I can work on the things that I want to work on that Mm -hmm. have been like kind of like deeper truly truly has to do with me and less less so on like external stuff like relationships like stuff that's deep because it's more difficult because I do care a lot about my mom I love her very much but there are a lot of things with that and with that relationship as well as like again, the stuff with my eating disorder that I'm working on. So like that, those are like my big things that I'm working on right now, and just starting to. And I find that I tend to want to find excuses and find ways around not putting ta- ta- talking about my mom because it is so hard. Yeah, like I'm I'm like literally stimming by twirling my hair right now and like having anxious behaviors that haven't come up for me in a long time even in therapy let alone I'm doing it right now in the podcast um and I have no problem sharing that with our audience like and stuff it is what it is like it's okay like if I felt a certain way I could you know I could have you cut it or something but I'm I I have no problem in that and I think it's I think it's important Mm -hmm. it's also something that I again want to work on anyways so I'm I'm glad I'm having some of this experience right now actually it's helping Good. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, since you are comfortable talking about your mom, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, with Kim, I used to think that, well, if I was just skinny enough, um, then she, I would get the approval from her that I needed. Or if I was clean enough, or mm-hmm. if I just did good enough in school, or I did a lot of regulating my mother's emotions. So I'm right there with you. I, um, toe tap of toe support. Tap. Toe tap for support. <laughs> Pretty sure. I honestly, maybe it's just because I did the research and and had my emotions through it while doing all of this stuff that I'm yeah. feeling like I'm level headed enough to talk about these things to keep to keep myself centered, but also maybe slightly disassociating. I don't know. Yeah, and I th- I do I do agree with you though with like that research part because I mm-hmm. I often do a lot of it too and it's like you feel it when you're in it and then when we're like presenting it in the podcast like you'll refill it through new genuine like conversation between the two of us yeah. but like you've already gone through the emotions of processing how you're gonna write out your notes for today right yeah so if anybody has any second guess on if I'm genuinely speaking on anything or if I'm just being cold about anything I promise I'm not. Um, so number two is anxiety based man, anxiety management based magical thinking. This is personally for me, this is where a lot of mine comes from. Mm-hmm. Children's imagination is the first opportunity for parents to help them manage how to deal with fear and logical thinking and reality. So back to like what we were talking about earlier, mm. 
the example that is commonly used for this type of thinking is if I keep my feet off the edge of the bed, then the monsters won't get me. Oh my god! And why did we all I've as done humans? That so much. I still do that as a human being. I do too. I okay. So I or have, like running up the stairs when it's dark. I was just gonna say, <laughs> toe tap. I have if, this unnatural fear that someone is gonna fucking chase me like no tomorrow and like gobble me up if I don't, and why, if I don't run the fuck up those stairs. And okay, I also have this thing with the dark where like if i'm if i'm either living by living by myself uh-huh. or by myself like let's say in the here and now spencer's out of the house and it's just me or he's already gone upstairs to bed mm-hmm. and i'm the last one it's like i gotta shut off the lights in order as and you're going the, up the stairs and if there's a certain room with no house. light on it but you gotta shut off the one behind it you gotta go put that one on first yep. in order to oh yeah <laughs> Why do we why do we all as humans have a similar experiences like that? Because it's not like I wonder if that's like um like it's a like maybe like, almost like a cross cultural thing. Like in our I wonder if it's like in our DNA. Like how they yeah. believe that the nails the nail scratching on a chalkboard was potentially the sound of a predator like way way back in the day. Yeah, I I also think kids in general have a tendency to like even if parents are doing a good job at like protecting them from watching a scary movie or things like that like there are even like kids movies right that have like scary elements that like just let the imagination run wild and kids will have nightmares from kids movies like I used to have nightmares from certain children's movies um, and then like I used to actually like horror stuff as a kid and would try to like actually sneak around my parents to like find ways to watch the stuff Uh and i was i thought i was like the coolest person and like i was this responsible little child because my parents let me watch jurassic park when the first came out on vhs my parents pre-ordered the vhs a special edition from blockbuster i that puzzle (laughs) i put together last week yeah is a puzzle from Blockbuster. Oh my god, yes. It's downstairs out to show. Yes. You. So <clears throat> real quick though, so this this like 90s reference here, forever. Even as like a teenager and young adult. So my basement like half finished kind of thing um at my parents' house and it like goes around in a circle with the stairs in the center. Okay. And so when I would shut off the lights, I had this irrational fear based off nightmares and having watched like Jurassic Park very early in life that I thought like raptors were going to run around from like the other side and mm-hmm. come and like, like just take me by the ankle and like oh. shred me to pieces. Oh, and, and I have kept that memory in my head still today. Like I think it literally like it's the thing that I my imagination first goes to uh-huh. when I get scared of the dark is like the, the raptors because oh they were so smart and they would hunt those people down. She said I'm 34 years old and I still think them raptors are going to get me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but then I but I love dinosaurs at the same time. Like I'm one of those kids that loved those dinosaur documentaries. Oh but God. you best bet I was still so scared cute. of the dinos at the same time. <laughs> Okay, so okay, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, fostering a child's imagination is wonderful for their brain development and even sometimes conflict management. However, the previously mentioned example can easily be the first time that we all started using this anxiety management-based magical thinking as children. Another example that I can give is because children have an age-appropriate black and white thinking, and they hear their parents discussing money in a stressful way. They recognize that. Money equals not to be stressed or survival. Money is needed to fulfill my livelihood needs, not 
money is essential to living, but sometimes you just don't have the extra money to play with. Later in life, they can develop obsessive thinking or obsessive compulsory thinking about money or whatever the previous childhood struggle was. Obsessive compulsory thinking is a way of survival, but it can also be dangerous when it takes over your life. Um, uh, my sister, not to call her out, but um, she has been saving every penny that she's ever found and or been given since she was like younger than I was ever getting money That's for child for chores. And she looked at, she said one day that she was, she had this many figures in her bank, in her savings account. Mm-hmm. And she said that she was broke. And I said, I have never seen that many figures in my bank account. And I am broke. Yeah. It's like, and it's interesting. Cause like my brother's the same way. And as you're talking about this, I'm like, mm, I understand that too. Like there's a lot of stuff in my past with my mom and like kind of talking about like different money issues and stuff that my dad was trying to help like other family members with. And there was disagreements over that. And I was old enough, unfortunately, to um, I still shouldn't have been involved in any of that or have yeah. seen any of that. But I became very involved and hyper aware of everything that was going on. Yeah. And then I like worked on protecting my brother from that but it's actually something i've talked about in therapy and like have overall like not necessarily resolved but i just have an explanation for why i actually hate talking about money i hate the concept of money itself and i dislike i dislike having to think about it which leads to issues with like me actually like working on budgets yeah and it leads me to issues where like i almost like overspend and overspend on other people because I'd rather just like give it away and like not deal with it and not have it on me because I don't and I know that's like sounds crazy and then like my brother's literally the opposite don't discredit yourself it's not crazy (sighs) thank you but like it's just it's kind of it's a weird thing like I almost like it's like being I'm dissociating myself from the money problem (laughs) by just like not wanting to think about it. It's easy to ignore when you're in a healthy financial situation where you don't have to watch things. But when I do have to watch things more or like things aren't as good, it can be a problem because it's very hard for me to actually address and look at. Yeah. Some other examples that I just thought of. Oh, well, okay. Well, an example from my childhood for me, not my sister, I remember Kim telling me at an age that it was looking back, it was not appropriate to be telling your 11 or 12 year old son. But like, um, now that your father and I are getting a divorce, and I'm going to be living on my own, and I don't, I'm not working anymore. Um, we're gonna have to make some changes in the uh, monthly expenses, because I can't afford these things anymore. And so I remember being like, all right, well, I better go buy some VHS tapes and start taping all my favorite shows because you're telling me that we're not going to have cable anymore. Yeah, like there's like there's a level of transparency that can be important, but it's like how you phrase it. And then like if parents are having to present problems to kids, and again, disclaimer, I'm not an expert in parenting or parenting education. Um, But... I do think that it's helpful and I've found it helpful when I have talked to kids myself that like they know and can understand more than what we usually think or they'll at least try. So if you have to be transparent about a problem or issue going on such as that, Mm -hmm. then then going into detail about like, okay, but like this isn't going to affect this. This is what the 
you have to go the step further to say this is what this actually translates to. Yeah. This means that basically, like, we're just not going to go out for dinner every week. And we're just going to cook more home. You would have never thought about the cable thing if they would have gone into that extra detail, right? Or, like, also ask your kid. Like, you know, how do you feel about that? Like, is there anything that I can help, like, answer for you? Because, you know, I know that might be hard to hear. Right. Like, also only, them. only if it's age-appropriate stuff. Correct. Like correct. we're saying. As one who grew up with, who has religious trauma, um, if I am not a sinner and I follow this book, then I won't go to hell, theoretical mm. hell, when I die. Mm-hmm. And as long as I stay good all the fucking time, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, and that becomes obsessive. Obsessive. Like, and people who have religious trauma tend to be extremely hard on themselves for even small mistakes that are like, I don't know what they would like, you know, like minor sins, basically, because like oh, each yeah. little thing, right? Like, right. And the more extreme the religion that you were part of, usually the worse that is. Right. Um, These children can start to develop obsessive patterns. For example, if a child is in an abusive home and that one time I did X, Y, Z, that one time Mm. I wasn't mistreated. So I'm going to continue doing that so it won't happen again. Or I did the dishes and that was right before the time my parents resolved their problems. So I'm going to continue doing the dishes so that they don't have problems. Mm. Possessing personal items can also ignite this thought like a rabbit's foot or a cross for example it can look like if the whole house is completely spotless this one hit me really hard because of my because of kim if the whole house is completely spotless then the parents emotions from external conflicts out of their control will be balanced out and they will be in a desirable mood for the rest of the family rather than teaching the child to recognize when these things are or aren't in their control dude that is literally that that is that is her to a t I I just like that's a lot of people. I do feel like there's a cultural thing with like cleaning and that being like related to like I don't know like your elders will be like okay with you when they weren't okay with something about you the 20 times before. Did your mom also clean the house before guests? guests yes. Guests meeting family. Yes. Guests would come over. The house would be clean. And then after the after they'd be there, yeah. then we it would be cleaned again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We had and, a cleaning lady. Yeah. She told my dad, there's no reason for me to keep clean your house because it's clean every time I come here. And he said, just do what you have to because if I pay you and your presence is here, then she'll be fine. Yeah. Contaminating thoughts can also be taught this way, such as everything will be fine until so-and-so moved into our home. Did Mm -hmm. I just skip? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, So that can also look like, um, well, everything was fine right up until this event happened in my life. Mm. Notice how these all have a way of explaining things away with the use of magical thinking. Instead of bringing them towards you, you're using them to wish them, to think them away and can be used in a way to survive or navigate stress with reality. Abused children with magical thinking is using this as a tool to manage anxiety because they're lacking support from their own caretakers. Oh my gosh, that's literally, I think, like, like, that's like a tactic that my therapist literally has used of, like, redirecting me, being like, or is it, like, actually this? And I'm like, oh my god. 
I love when they do I that. Think, I think it's like because I was magical thinking. <laughs> yeah. Erica last week asked me a question. She goes, do you think maybe this was happening? And I looked at her and I said, you know me too fucking well. Yeah. And she goes, well, Jaren, I, 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 I do know you. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know me better than some people. Yeah. Adults with magical thinking can also take on anxiety-based superstitious thinking that doesn't serve them. Like taking on fundamentals of different religious beliefs or new age based thinkings in literal sense, instead of taking on their responsibilities for their mental problems, such as hypervigilance or safety problems like fawning or codependency. There's a difference between doing things related to a faith that help you enact um, positive actions in your life. Correct. And a positive lifestyle that relates to witchcraft, that relates to paganism, that also relates to even to Christianity, um, any, Hinduism, any faith or belief system. Islam, like any and all religions, anything that has to do with literally the word faith, having faith yes. in something like an actuality. I was going to talk about this eventually, but I think it's a good point to bring it up now. Any the word faith itself in what we're saying and what we're explaining and you're doing a really good job of it so far, like Thank you could you. immediately go to that, like, well, is faith magical thinking? Is that a form of magical thinking? And like, there's this like philosophical debate I've seen online where like, in some respects, kind of, yes, like, but at the other end of it, one could argue that like if that faith leads you down a path to live a positive lifestyle, helps you get through things, could serve as almost like a form of like therapy, like, you know, meditation, doing things that we know even have like scientific backing right. that can help you cope with daily life human problems, help you live a code of general morals and ethics that helps the rest of humanity. That's awesome. Right. Where it becomes a problem is when that faith leads to disordered thinking. Like, oh, if I don't have my crystals on me, that means I'm going to get abused by my partner. Or I don't have to actually put forth the effort into being a kind person. All I have to do is go to church every Sunday and I'm forgiven. Yeah. But you're actually a murderer. Like you've mm. murdered people and they're in your right. basement or something. Right. Like, I mean, that's like that. That I mean, but that's stuff, right? right. Like, Or that's, you're judging other people. Yeah. And their mm. lifestyles. But you claim that you are like free this wonderful, awesome person who's free of judgment. Yes, right. correct. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Right. So, um, and we we fully – so like what you said about the crystals thing, we fully understand that people look at witchcraft and new age and spirituality as like woo-woo stuff. I get that because there is – just like I think there's a lot of bad Christians out there, there's a lot of bad spiritual people out there. Oh, absolutely. You know? There's a lot of uh, new age spiritual people who are like ex-Christian and then like adopt the same, the judgmental aspect plus like this like very rigid, it has to be this way and according to these rules, one, two, three, four, five, for it, the same weird ironic reason that they likely left the Christian religion, right. they then like bring those things to like um a like their faith around witchcraft right. and then tell other people they have to practice that way and it's like look that literally was like not the point <laughs> right you you literally just took off one coat and put on a different coat yes but, but you're still a lizard yeah i don't know why i thought yeah lizard, no no like yeah. that that's a hundred percent it and like that's that's where like the negative part of like faith and where like that magical thinking like 
can be associated with that stuff is like not making like rational things from like point A to point B. Contamination thoughts can in adults can also look like if I use the silverware at a restaurant, then I will get sick. Or mm. my least favorite, my presence at this social situation will ruin everybody else's experience. And I feel that mm. to the absolute core. Um, I actually had a conversation with my future brother-in-law about this the last time he was in the salon. Hi, Connor. I love you so much, buddy. We were talking about inviting people to certain functions. If you do not specifically invite me and say that I am a part of whatever is happening, I will assume that I am not a part of it because it's easier to go into it knowing that I'm not going to go versus being let down because... I'm not actually invited because I think that my presence downs everybody else's time because I'm a bit more introverted. But I mean, and then, you know, you, I, when all four of us were here, we all had a really nice time. We were Mm -hmm. all very like extroverted mode, but it takes me time to get to that point Mm -hmm. with people differently to be my authentic extroverted self. And until that happens, I assume me being quiet is ruining everybody else's time and everybody like I'm that guy that people are like, God, your husband is so quiet. And it's like, well, you should see him when like he's at home, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Um, all right. Moving right along. Number three is clairvoyance. This is not to diminish actual mediumships, um, people with psychic abilities. This is simply intertwined with the prior two and comes up within when an individual believes they can predict the future because of an anxiety based around a certain situation. This can look like a child hearing a parent say, and I heard this so many times as a kid, mm. I, well, not the specific one, the next one, but um, I knew I needed to be out of the house sooner because now I'm late. The one that I remember the most is you better tell me now because mm. I will find out. When I was younger, after all of the times that I had been cheated on and abused by other Um, men in my life that were supposed to be boyfriends or partners or people I could trust. I would tell the next one, don't you ever lie to me because I will find out. And I always find out don't cheat on me because I will find out. And I always found out. Mm -hmm. I always find out. And I wore that as a badge of pride. Like you can't get anything around me. My mother would tell me, you better tell me the truth because I'm going to find out right now. And somehow she always did. Or other examples of this can look like, don't you ever think I already, don't you think I already know what you're Mm. thinking? Wow. Not only do I remember this from some of like things like abusive past relationship people had told me, but I'm like, I have vivid memories of my mom telling me like both of those last two, uh-huh. like what you were talking about, but in relation to like, f- like so forced nap times, when I was got a little bit older and the memories that I do remember, mm-hmm. because I don't remember the really young ones, of course, um, I remember associating like nap time with like, I want to make sure my mom wakes me up for me to watch Batman, mm-hmm. like the animated series Batman. Yeah. And... I, there were a lot of times, like, especially as I got a little bit older where I'm like, I am not tired. 
not tired for nap time. Like, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm not tired for it. And so I'd like lay there and like try to do little things or like different stuff. And like my mom would tell me every time that she's like, oh, I knew you were up the whole time. Yeah. I knew you were up. Mom, mom, and she, she actually told me at one point, moms have special powers and you'll know about that one day when you're a mom for your own children. And she's like, when because you have your own kids, it'll be this special power and we'll talk about it again because when I you're expect big, you when to, you're an adult. Because I expect you to repeat the generational trauma that I'm putting on you. And I was like, and like, you know, I was like, well, what's the special part? And so like, I would literally find tactics like to try to be quieter and then it'd be like. Yeah, I didn't like to it, test that. Like, yeah, that. And then also like my mom would like still not wake me up for Batman, like which would like piss me off in kid format. But like Te- testing is a part of this. Oh, my God. Testing is a part of this. Oh, I, my God. I, I was no like, way. I feel like I wrote that down. I did write that down. Oh, my God. See, and that's maybe it's like it's <laughs> I feel like I'm in therapy with you right now on the podcast because I didn't actually read through some of this and I'm processing it and I'm. Also, like, the fact that I'm having this, like, talking about this memory from uh-huh. when I'm, like, four and five about, like, a parent being, like, yeah, I know what you were doing. And, like, I know mm-hmm. what you were doing in your room. Even though the – okay, first of all, like, even, like, when I was a little bit older and, like, I would have nap, ta- nap time, the door would be closed. Yep. Like, the lights were off. Like, and also I wasn't doing anything bad. I wasn't. I was just, like, laying there or I'd, be, I'd find, like, one of my little, like, chapter books to read. Yeah. Like, with a little bit of light, like, because it's the middle of the afternoon. Right. And I I remember even, like, telling my mom at some points being, like, well, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just wasn't tired. And it right. was, like. But you were But doing- I was a bad. But, like, she didn't, she didn't chastise me. But it was more, like, I felt bad because I didn't do the nap time how I was supposed to. Right. My, one of my favorites, again, sarcasm here, was, um. I would be asked a question like, why did you do this? Or why did you say that? And I would give a legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. And I would be told, I'm I'm tired of hearing your excuses. And I remember yelling at her when I got older and I was able to defend myself a little bit more. And then I, the bully, the bullied mm-hmm. child started bullying the bully. Yeah. Um, and I literally told her, I am giving you the fucking truth. Yeah. Do not tell me that I am giving you an excuse. That is the honest to God truth. Yeah. And she would still, that's an excuse. All right. Well, then you know what? Fuck, fuck it. Like, why am I even trying to defend myself? You know what Because you is? don't believe me. It's a fucking power play. Yeah. It's it's, it's all about power. And then like these. Reactive oh, abuse. And like they want to almost like they half give you that in to have an opportunity to like explain yourself or talk through an issue. And then they use it as a weapon against you. And then, and then parents, it's the famous it's literally the famous, well, it's because I told you so and I'm a parent and when you're an adult, things can change. But then guess what? The boomer parents still play the card of, oh, well, I'm your parent. Like, okay, well, I'm a fucking adult now. Like, but I do think that like, if I magically had had kids at like 25, 27 when my parents had kids, it's like, would you look at me differently? You know, but like, because I don't have kids, do I still look like, the 16 year old yep you will continue to treat me like a child until you die a lot of our generation experience is bringing a child into this world and then their parent will like then parent that child yeah or then they continue to parent their adult child yes and very briefly i do just want to give credit where it's due i have actually had some of that kind of conversation with my mom and dad and they have improved a little bit mm-hmm. but there is still a tendency to like pull those kinds of things even sometimes with good intentions and i yeah i do try to set those boundaries now better but it 
it just sucks that it still has to be a thing. It's like, you obviously don't trust your own parenting skills to believe that I'm capable of yes! taking care of myself. That was, okay, awesome. That is actually really good advice because that was part of more of like the heavy part of the conversation that I've had. And now I just do little reminders, but that was part of like the heavy conversation part that yeah. I had with my parents. When that when things like that happen with myself and uh, Kim, I tell her like, I've been on my own for 13 going on 14 years now. I do not need your fucking help. If I did, I would ask you. Again, I'm sorry for the stereotype. It's just hard not to sometimes. If there's anything a boomer parent loves to hear is that they were a good parent. There really is truth behind the concept of, look, you did good enough to lead me to this point where I can do these things on my own. Count that as good parenting and let it go. Right. Or you obviously don't have your own trust in yourself as that parent, like you said. So um, adult survivors of this can become very anxious around the fear of being able to predict the future events of hurt, like infidelity, loss of a loved one, mm. loss of losing their career over a small mishap, me, yep. me every day. Yep. Again, this comes as a child hearing their parents say that they believed that they had this ability when it comes to feeling and factual information it's more difficult for these adult survivors to be able to separate the two adults with this type of magical thinking can also test the codependency of their partner the testing yeah like if he like and this was my example that i actually put in here if he called me back then he wants to have this relationship with me or if they communicate with me within a certain time frame then they won't be able to be unfaithful yeah. to me maybe it's my hyper vigilance but when things are consistent in a certain way and then i notice those start to dwindle that because of my previous abusive experiences that that's always the first thing that i go to is yes oh you're cheating on me like all it all it takes is like oh i didn't get a good morning text message or you didn't call me before you went to bed or um you didn't say i love you before you're off the phone or i i got i i got love you not i love you yes like the, basically the minute you notice something slightly off and you're hyper vigilant and hyper aware of those aspects that like yeah. your partner is slightly off or a friend is slightly off than how they are and how they react with you right it's hard not to be like hey so like should i here's the thing should i know about something else that's going on yeah i talked to my therapist about this long time ago but i did bring th these things up to her and she said you're afraid of future hurt again you're <laughs> yeah you're uh clairvoyance here you're wasting so much life right now mm. and you could be missing out on really great things and mm -hmm. the risk and the reward what comes with risking that those things could be a possibility the the greatest reward is that you have a wonderful happy relationship or a life but if you worry about it falling apart then you're ever, never going to actually enjoy it and then as one who has a history of self-sabotaging then it will end up getting destroyed so uh when that thought comes up I just remind myself like, all right, like that's, that's your original distorted thought. Um, clearly nothing's going on. Look at all the times that, um, in this case, like Nicholas, because he is my fiance, look at all the times that he has shown you confirmation that like, this is exactly what he wants and that you, you guys are going to be together for a very, very long time. Okay. Then I can calm myself down and then move forward. But like you said, you know, communicating with your partner. And I think that's really great. And I know that not everybody has that with their relationships. And I know it's really tough. You guys, Mm -hmm. but you know open circle conversations one day we can talk about that but today we're talking about magical thinking so <laughs> 
Number four is rescued-based magical thinking, one of the more common ways. And this one, I felt this way about Nicholas. Like, I thought if we just got back together, my life would be great. But then, no, the trauma resurfaced like it always does, and it had to be dealt with. So that's how magical thinking is no longer affecting my life, because I'm tackling my shit. Well, that's good. Yes. Good. Proud of you. Thank you. This setting, oh, this betting, this is betting on being rescued or helped from life struggles in the form of someone with the resources that they are looking for, or winning the lottery, getting a job that you want, or even having a relationship with someone where the individual or the relationship will bring on a fairy tale type of love. <laughs> Feeling really called out here, even though I do think we do have fairy tale type of love, but we, we put that forth that effort into doing that. If there's anyone who's on book talk and likes to particularly read uh, romance novels or fantasy romance, mm, mm, mm. God setting up them expectations on a more mature smut. level than the Disney princess. Right. <laughs> and not the reality of it just being a relationship where there will be hard times. Um, Rescue-based magical thinking can also be geographical. And I used to think this too because I used to want to move away. <gasps> then oh my all God, my not problems, me with my jobs and my career. <laughs> then all my problems will be gone. If I just move away, all my problems will be gone. This can also happen when an individualized fan- individual fantasizes about buying a home but doesn't put forth the effort in working towards that goal and just expecting it to happen for them. I used to um, – something that you guys don't know about me, I – all I used to tell all of my clients and anybody I ever met, my five-year goal, my 10-year goal is to move away. I don't care. I just have to get away to Europe. Where do you want to go, Jaren? I don't care anywhere but here. Through therapy, I've realized that the reason why I wanted to get away from Fort Wayne so much, not only is it because like this is where I was raised and like I would wanted to go to like a bigger city where I could be a part of the party scene and knowing now myself that's not healthy because of my addictions, but... Um, I was just trying to run away from my mother because I thought if I get as far away from her as possible, then I can avoid going to the holidays, the birthdays, the shit that I wasn't strong enough to put boundaries up to say like I can or cannot do this because if I'm far away, then that's my excuse. Well, I just can't make it mm-hmm. instead of just being able to set up those boundaries for myself and be like, I don't, I'm not running away from my hometown just to get away from you when I can just put up those boundaries yeah and take care of myself yeah i think they're in general like that's a form of magical thinking that i think a lot a lot of people dealt with in like during 2020 yeah and perhaps like even in like current society like anyone who like feels burnt out in their job and in their career like oh my god the amount of time spent disassociating imagining what like my cottage forest life would look like that somehow magically okay quote unquote magically that i'd use that word funny enough like in this thinking but have a cottage in like the forest that's away from everyone except i'm with spencer and we're just living our best life yet it also has internet (laughs) and somehow we're able to make like a decent enough living Mm -hmm. to keep going on the basics we have some chickens and our own little like and having a fantasy is nice yeah, but, but like you, it, it, it can't just happen. Yeah, like it becomes like almost like a coping strategy when you're so severely burnt out and really like depressed about like perhaps like honestly, I think it comes up a lot when you feel stuck, yeah. right? Like because you want to escape. Yeah, we had talked about this a couple episodes ago um, that I had been like putting off uh, my spiritual practices mm-hmm. because I had magical thinking that it would just happen. 
And in my writing, I wrote in my in my most recent entry, I wrote, I've just been expecting this to happen. And that like, my desire to write and and create this book that I want to write will just happen. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to if I just sit around and wait for that book to write itself, I still have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I said that in the, my writing before we even did before I even did the research for this. Yeah. So it was like, huh, look at that. Just putting a little, putting a little future Jaren seed moment in there. Yeah. Um, for children, rescue-based magical thinking can look like wanting to be adopted by another friend's family. Mm. Same. An example of children experiencing rescue-based think- magical thinking by their own parents is if a family goes from wealth to poverty and then the moment that caused their financial distress will now define them and their worth and that their value is nothing until they are financially well off again. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's mother is one of like four siblings. She's the only one that got married at 19 and had her first child at 20 or 21 years old. And her siblings went to college or married somebody that went to college and they are all very like well off. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this family tree, we're the poor because we're not living in big fancy houses with all this money and Mm -hmm. going on all these trips. And Money has always been the biggest thing on this with within this family dynamic system. In my mother's head, she needs to have the biggest house and the nicest things and the prettiest clothes and the l- latest stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just like money is not going to make your guys's life happy because clearly, like you don't have it and you don't know how to have a happy. You don't know how to, you don't know how to have a happy life without it. You know what's so interesting is my grandmother my my grandmother my, uh, my grandmother my grandmother <laughs> my grandmother on my father's side had a lot of the same kind of mindset but that side of the family tree comes from a lot of wealth mm-hmm. so much wealth that some of the books that I own from my great grandfather mm. are a specialized, like curated, full library set from the 1930s. Yeah, that that man had money for books in the middle of the Great Depression, and I'm talking about a library that took up an entire room. A lot of the stuff that I remember of like my experience with my grandmother, like I had like really good experiences, but a lot of the stories that she would tell me, like were so hyper focused on like the past and like the family history and mm. the money and the where everyone came from and what they did and like the culture and this like the classist shit. But there was so much focus on money because also her and some of her siblings, they like all like kind of like squandered the wealth. You could kind of see them as like the equivalent of like not super well known, but like irresponsible heirs and heiresses of like a pretty decent fortune. Uh My dad was like, the golden child because he got things back in the form of a profession still not even to the level that like my ancestor like sestry had but got it back up there and like oh and heather's going to you know get a doctorate and like all of these things and like it was always about like the class and the money and like hyper focused on it and like the exact things that you were saying about your own family it's like the same attitudes 
but coming from the opposite side of the spectrum. Like they both have their major issues. Adult survivors can experience this way of magical thinking with partners once that you've got this. Once you've got one, it's all smooth sailing after that, or even with careers or life opportunities that will just happen. Um, adults with this type of thinking will often look at others' successes and assume that those things just fell into that person's lap and that their turn will come too. Lastly, they will attribute attribute to their stuck places as a place they will now have to live forever instead of having a process or flow in their life, such as bad marriages are forever, shitty jobs are for a lifetime. The belief that these things will, quote, just happen or, quote, never happen are both qualities of rescued-based magical thinkings. Mm, um, and it's an, that feeling of stuckness. Yes, and there was, like, some examples, like, and even, even as something as simple as, like, you're never too late in life to like reinvent yourself or go to school or like mm -hmm. things of that nature. So I'm sure most of you are probably thinking, well, okay, Heron and Jether, <laughs> what the hell do I do with all this information? <laughs> well, we would like to tell you there are some writing prompts that the doctor gave us. Uh, notice how you may have subtle or largely based aspects of magical thinking. Learn and understand all four of these different ways and check in with yourself to see how any of these may have come up in your life. Understand this way of thinking is not always negative and was at one point used as a way for your child self to be able to survive. But now it's time to acknowledge that this way of thinking is no longer necessary for survival. We'd like to remind everyone that having a thinking system like this does not make you less than and your survival as a child was not your responsibility. The way that you came up with magical thinking was a way that you came up with in an order to deal with your reality. And that's the magic in it. Oh, I like that. And please don't blame yourself for having, for having had this way of thinking. You are human. And if you look at us with any respect after everything that we have said this evening, and we have clearly said that we have experienced magical thinking, then, um, hey, like, we're all in this <laughs> together. <laughs> something, something, <laughs> hand in hand. And you and me. You guys, we're not alone. You're not alone. None of us are alone. So what do you guys think? Let us know. Um, we don't have, this isn't a YouTube video, so I can't say, put down in the comments. But if you follow our link tree, You'll be able to be a part of our social media platforms like TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We have a private group on Facebook. Uh, about two weeks ago, I finally put up rules and regulations for it um, so that it is a, a certified safe place. Mm -hmm. awesome. Seven days a week. Awesome. Yeah. And Bitch I know like witches. in the past we've put like stuff on there ourselves, but like we actually want to encourage people to post themselves in the community. It can be a place for people to ask questions, talk about things, talk about stuff that they've experienced from the podcast, like look for resources. Yeah. And it's you can post anonymously too, right? I believe. I wonder. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I saw that there was a thing, though, as an option, though, that you could post anonymously. So yeah. I'm, like, pretty sure that if there is anyone out there who wants to, like, you know, talk about their experience, like, you know, uh, we obviously talked about our own experiences as we went through all this. And if you followed along and did that and you want to, you know, talk to others, get resources and stuff like that, like, we encourage discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We love you guys. Yeah. We, we really do. Um. I know we say we want to hear from you guys all the time, 
we truly do mean it though like um we're whores for validation yes we are (laughs) we do like our validation um but i think also like if there are things that are really like striking home for certain people or um people in general would like to hear more about a certain topic or have us like kind of come back to something else go into more detail about something or really want us to get to a particular topic within like you know the mental health bucket right like or even anything in general yeah i'm even willing to take on i'm even willing to take on a true crime if oh i'd love to do like a special if someone's like hey i want you to talk about this true crime all right yeah, like we'll research it. We'll get into it for you and you'll Heather will you, research it. I'm not doing that. You'll you'll hear about <laughs> it from the 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 Jether and Heron perspective. It, Heron and Jether. Heron and Jether, sorry. It's okay. You said Jether. Jether. You know, I said Jether and Heron. Heron and Jether. Oh, it sounded so weird. Okay. The Heron and Jether perspective. <laughs> the Heron and Jether files. We could <laughs> we could make that a series, you guys. Like at, like almost like asking us for advice. What's the what's the oh, fuck? What are the names? Jether and Heron's perspective. Dear yeah. Jether and Heron, what's your perspective on this? Yes. You can email those questions at typicallydivergentpod at gmail dot com or follow the link tree in our bio or the description of this episode. And you can email us directly from there or come be a part of our little group on social media. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun on TikTok, you guys. <laughs> he really is. And it's really cute. <laughs> I am not that like I am a lip sync queen, but like I've been lip syncing before RuPaul's Drag Race was popular. Yeah. So. Brittany. Yes, bitch. Oh, can, one last thing. Um, I went on a deep dive the other day with social media. Oh no! Did you do the Britney deep dive? Yes, people oh, think no, that she's really, dead. It's really intense, especially on TikTok. Her her TikToks are like, oh, she got TikTok. Oh, oh, she's had it for years now. Like, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a thing. It's been part of the thing because like she always does the same thing, and people are like, yeah, kind of that blink twice if you're a, if you're like in need of help kind of thing. Like there's yeah. there's all the suspicion about like what's going on, but yeah. Oh, it's such a great area. I have a hard time. Like, people just also want to be in Britney's life. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, she needs to just figure it out. For, like, let her live her life. I don't know, man. Um, Nicholas and I were having this conversation last night. And I straight up said, I said, uh, America needs to get their head out of their ass because my woman is in trouble. Yeah. She is. She is. I know she is all of our queens. She is my queen. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so very much for hanging out with us this week. We really appreciate it. We love you so much. Love you guys. And you'll hear from us next week. And this is us signing out. Bye. Bye.